Thank you so much for joining us today on Defozy Football Radio. My name is Christian Valdenzi Tacchio. This is Juliano Clary. And today is Wednesday, February the 3rd. Lots to talk about in our podcast today. Uh, we had a crazy weekend, uh, match day 20. It was incredible, especially for La Roma. And uh, we have uh, some crazy transfers that happened at the end of deadline day uh, that we'll talk to you about. And then we'll preview match day 21 for you as well. And I know Giuliano's got a little bit to say about that Juve Inter first leg in Coppa Italia, which we'll get into later. Oh, I do. <laughs> so let's jump right in. We're going to mix it up a little bit with the order of games, but we're going to start with Roma, Hellas, Verona. So Roma staying in third place, 3-1 to one victors over Hellas, Verona, rightful result. Yeah, big time. What, what were your thoughts on it first? They first played well. I think they played well. They continue to impress me without Eden Zeko. And who pops in for a goal? Borja Mayoral, Mkhitaryan. He's been uh, he's been huge this season, and even Mancini chipped in. So this Roma team, without Adam Zeko, looks really good, and uh, it was a deserved result. Hellas Verona just didn't know how to handle Roma. Roma just pressed, 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 and and it worked. Hellas Verona had no answer. It was a flurry of goals in like yeah. 10 minutes. Three goals in 10 minutes. And that totally set Verona off. They didn't know how to respond. Verona were looking for a big result with their new hitman up front, Kevin Lasagna, who again goes silent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Roma, well-deserved. Team played well. I-, I thought it was a great team game. Yeah, we did concede one goal. Uh, defensive error on our part, but... Uh, I think Chris Smalling got injured. Yeah. yeah, Chris Smalling got injured, and uh, hopefully a, a speedy recovery. I don't think it's anything too serious, um, but uh, huge result. Very relieved that uh, we came out 3-1 to one victors in this game. Keeps us in third place. What did you think of this game? Yeah, I thought Roma were excellent. They uh, completely dismantled Halas Verona. Halas Verona weren't in the game at all. Um Maybe a bit in the second half they showed up, but they really didn't create much no. big chances minus the goal they scored. That was really the only chance they created. And uh, I think Juric realized he got the game completely wrong by not starting Federico Di Marco. Um, he started Ceccarini over him, which was a huge mistake, and he made how many subs? One, two, three, four. Five. Around four, five subs. Well, four subs in the first yeah. uh, ten minutes of the second half. So yeah. he got his uh, tactics completely wrong. Ivan Juric and Roma capitalized capitalized easy easy win for them yeah like it's a hard team so yeah. let's not take that away um anything else uh not other than i'm really happy with this result not not much else to say very good result beat the teams below you and get the favors from the teams around you which happened which <laughs> did happen but uh next game we're gonna talk about is Udinese. us Udinese and spezia so yeah. I mean, I don't know how I, I don't know about this game. I mean, uh, I think Udinese was lucky to come out a one nothing victor in this. This had draw written all over it for me. Mm-hmm. It was the penalty that made the difference from DePaul. Yeah. Um, both teams receiving uh, going a man down uh, at different times in the second half, and uh, I think Spezia played enough, played well enough to at least earn a point in this game, but uh, unfortunately. 
didn't work out. And uh, Udinese, I mean, Juan Musso, fantastic this game. Uh, probably the best game he's played all season. Defensively, uh, Udinese was very sound with uh, Rodrigo Bonifazzi and uh, what's his name there? Nointink. Yeah, the uh, Belgian there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, DePaul has a game. Scores a penalty, gets two yellows, <laughs> and sent <laughs> off. Um, and, yeah, yeah uh, two red cards. Sapanata, two he, getting a red. Yep, Sapanata getting two yellows to get booted for Spezia. And uh, what, what do we think about Spezia? It looks like they're kind of in a nosedive now. Yeah. Uh, where they're sitting 16th. Yeah. But here's Three the thing. above relegation. Here's the thing, though. Udinese basically gave Spezia the ball and said, come at us. And Spezia controlled the game. 64% possession. Five shot, Ten shots total. Five shots on target to Udinese's um, six shots, three on target. And Udinese only having ball possession a total of 36% of the game. Yeah. That like, was, yeah, it was part of Udinese's uh, plan. That's why Delefeu, they start him up front. Yeah. Uh, he won. He wins them the penalty. So the tactics were Gotti got them correct. Uh, sit back. Yeah, a bit naive. Shabot going in on the tackle there, and yeah, that was a difference. Uh, that was one of Udinese's biggest chances was this penalty. Otherwise, either team they didn't really create much. So. No, no. And this is a huge result for both Udinese and Spezia. This is basically a relegation battle. So Udinese edges closer to safety, and Spezia continues their nosedive down to the bottom three. They're not there yet, but a couple more games they might be. Napoli, Parma, Gattuso, who's been super stressed with the uh, questioning from the media nonstop. It's yeah. gotten so bad that they're questioning him about the fish at his restaurant in yeah. Italy. It's yeah. gotten that bad. It's crazy. <laughs> Apparently, there's reports out there that he's going to leave in the summer once the season's done. Well, yeah, and he's, and he's upset as well. De Laurentiis is not... He's not backing He's him. He's not backing him. And no. that's what we said. The club, the fish rots from the head. De Laurentiis is the head. This yeah. guy, I don't know. I think he's, uh, yes, he's brought Napoli back kind of to the glory days. Yeah. Made them a relevant team again. But at the same time, he he's the reason Napoli keeps shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. It's his ownership. But what do we think about this game? Well, uh, Napoli, they, didn't, they played an ugly game, but they still won. That that's important. I think they outplayed Parma because Parma just played horrendous. Yeah, I this mean, Parma team is it's terrible. terrible. I mean, they got. We'll talk about it in a, in a little while. They got a little bit of an injection going forward. They they were probably the busiest team during the transfer market in the winter um, in Serie A. So they got some re, some reinforcements coming in. So it might change their fortune. But in this game, completely terrible. Completely terrible. I mean, for this Napoli team to play ugly and still win, I mean, Petania did nothing. Insigne did nothing. Chucky Lozano did nothing. Zielinski wasn't that great. Yeah, they they didn't create much. No. They didn't create much, Napoli. They just... Uh, it was basically just Elmas and uh, Deme. That, yeah. That was it. Elmas had that moment of brilliance. Uh, nice skill. Uh, I think he went through around two, three guys to yeah. score that goal. Beautiful goal. And yeah, Diego Deme pops in with the second. But besides that, neither team doing much yeah. insigne doing his usual cutting in shooting from the right which yeah. we all know what i think about that guy uh but yeah not convincing we'll see how they do today we are recording on uh the day of the Coppa italia semifinal between atalanta and napoli so yeah. we'll see how they do i yeah. think i just think there's too much outside the field happening at this club for them to uh, oh yeah 
Way too much drama. Yeah. yeah. Way too much drama. And on the other side for Parma, I really feel bad for uh, Yuraj Kutska because he's been the only player that's been able to shine game in and game out uh, for Parma this whole season, and he can't do anything. Like, he's literally trying to carry this whole squad of 23 players on his back. And yeah. You can't rely on one player to do that. So, unfortunately, Parma currently sitting where they belong in the bottom <laughs> bottom three. And mm-hmm. uh, Napoli just still hanging around the top, but uh, barely hanging on. Yeah. Next match, let's go to uh, Crotone in Calabria. Crotone, Genoa. Genoa, Ballardini, the what Terminator. What did I tell you? What I tell you? Here's a nice staff for you, everybody. 16 appearances this season. Has nine goals so far. Who am I talking about? Mattia Destro. Do you believe that? Yes, it is true. He's got nine goals for Genoa in 16 appearances this season. He's been the silent killer, I will call him. The heart attack. Yeah, the, seriously, <laughs> the heart attack. Two goals in this game. Genoa basically picked up where they left off with Crotone. <laughs> From the first, because I believe they beat Crotone four yeah. to one. Yeah. The first game, they pounded them three nothing. This game, they knew how important this game was. And now look at Genoa on the rise in, in the lower mid tables. They're a safety right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Ballardini doing it. He uh, the man he, in the shades. The Terminator man. The, the man in the shades. Fourteenth place now. They're sitting in. Yeah. Well, do you believe? It? And. But it is tight. But yeah, fourteenth place. Yeah. Crotone are nothing without Junior Messias. They're not. Yeah, if he's not in the team, it's game over. They have no creative spark in that team. It's game over. Yeah. But there is one guy I want to shout out. Yeah. That's really shored up the midfield for Genoa. Badelli's been fantastic. But you got to give a huge shout out to my man, Kevin Schrutman. Because he's been solid for this Genoa team since he's come in. Yeah, he's been the catalyst ever since he's come in. They've... Yeah. Uh, yeah, they yeah. they haven't lost the game. And even this Cyborg kid, he's been fantastic. Is he Polish? He's German, I believe. Oh, is he? Yeah. And he is on loan in Genoa by none other than Atalanta. So another player to look out for in the future, especially playing for uh, Atalanta. Uh, but other than that, this team, Mattia Perin, put in a solid Great performance. Yeah. And man of the match, hands down, two goals, Mattia Destro. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how long Giovanni Stroppa stays in because uh, yeah. Crotone's defense is just getting been so ugly. poor. Yeah, it is getting really ugly, and uh, you can't you can't uh, continue with this. No, you can't. I think uh, they waited way too late. Anything they do now is going to be too little, too late yeah. for Crotone. It's over. I think they're already planning for life in Serie B next year. Yeah, they're clearly finished. Yeah. So let's move on to the next game. Cagliari Sassuolo. Uh, the new, <laughs> the renewal man here. Yeah, the renewal man playing his former club. Sassuolo totally dominated. Cagliari only comes out with a draw. This is a huge missed opportunity for Sassuolo. This is a this is a loss to them. They should have blown out Cagliari, and they didn't. They should have, uh, but there was... You know, a couple outstanding performances in the Cagliari side. There was. Like Diego Godin. He had a terrific game. Uh, and Razvan Marin, the Romanian, he's been putting in quite a few uh, consistent, solid performances for Cagliari. He played and great again. Who scores their goal? And who scores their goal? <laughs> Joao Pedro. Pedro. So when he scores, 
Calderi have a chance. Yeah. But they conceded in the last minutes of the game, yeah, the 94th minute. Awesome goal by Boga. Boga. Um, but what, yeah, Sassuolo, what's going on with this team? I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, it, it's looking like a disaster. Uh, they just, they were on a high in the first half of the season. Now they're, I think they're back down to reality. Uh, Caputo's not really firing. Locatelli's been solid. But again, without their man, Berardi, it's a totally different team without Domenico Berardi in the starting 11. Uh, Andrea Concili wasn't too bad. Defense was okay in this game. But a uh, huge missed opportunity for them. Huge, yeah. I have to say. And uh, Di Francesco will be very pleased that he escapes this game with a point. Yeah, it's a swallow. They're definitely not scoring at the rate they were no. scoring previous no. uh, to this kind of this fall they've been having. No. Now they're lucky if they get one goal a game. Before yeah. it was three, four goals a game. They're one of the top attacking teams in the city. Yeah. Guys like Jurich have slowed down completely. Jeremy Boga has slowed down, although he scored. He's not putting in as many goals yeah. as he should. And uh, Junior Traore had a great game, but again, not scoring. Francesco Caputo is another one. He's completely fallen off the map. I don't he remember has. the last time he scored. He might not. He might not even make the squad. No, I think he's uh, his aspirations are done for the squad. Yeah, because he's not uh, he's not playing good at all. It's no, been poor. Yeah, it's it's he's looking like on the brink. Kevin Lasagna should be out. They should seriously be looking at yeah, Mattia Destro. They, they should, should be. Lasagna, yeah. forget him. Lasagna's a joke. Um, but, uh, yeah, escaping 1-1 uh, draw there. Let's move on to the next game, Lazio. Making up. What a bounce back. After that Coppa Italia, which we, we knew. We knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, by the way, thank you for the favor. We appreciate you guys uh, <laughs> taking Atalanta out for us. From from one Roman to another. Exactly. Maurisic, what a goal to yeah. open up the game. Unbelievable. What a strike from the Montenegrin. Yeah. Just cuts in right foot slots at top corner. Um, Atalanta were, I think, a bit fortunate to win the semifinal. I mean, sorry, the uh, quarterfinal against Lazio. Yeah. Lazio had the game in their hands, and they completely dropped the ball, and they made up for it with this game. They completely outclassed Atalanta. Atalanta had no answer for – and Luis Alberto was back as well. And Atalanta, one of the hottest teams in Serie A since since, the, since we restarted back in January, since the break. This is where I've always questioned Atalanta. They have an elite schedule now. They've played Lazio back-to-back, and now they're playing Napoli today. Can, can they play at this high level game in and game out? We've seen sometimes yes, we've seen sometimes no. They've also taken Milan out and had a do- dominated them a couple weeks prior. So these guys are probably exhausted. Yeah, one hundred percent. When listen, when Hatabor and Gosens aren't in the team, it's a different team. Yeah. Uh, Mahele had to come in. Uh, Ruggeri, I believe his name is, had to start at the left back. Ruggeri was there, yeah. Alexi Mirinchuk, who uh, really hasn't had too many starts this season, he uh, came in for. The left forward position. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of rotation. I don't, I th- and Christian Romero, too, was, uh, I believe, out of this game, which he is was. huge. Their best defender. Um, Guy needs a break. Yeah, he needs a break. He's played, he's played every minute. But that goes, yeah, the depth is not there No. for uh, Atalanta. And that is their weakness. And uh, Lazio just completely outperformed them uh, yeah. in this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Lazio looked like. They're starting to look like the team of uh, last season. Yeah, it's scary now. Yeah, they still got one more game against Roma. 
They we're gonna do. Put, we're going to drop them back down. It's the second last game, but I'm telling you, like I said a couple weeks ago, that fourth place spot is going to come down to that Roma Lazio game. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's going to yeah. happen. Well, that'd be that'd be crazy to see. Oh, I can't wait. I hope it happens. Yeah. And Lucas Leva too in this game. He uh, the first Brazilian to play 350 games this century. Yeah. Crazy Lucas Leva. That goes to show you how much uh, football this guy's played. Yeah. From his Liverpool days to, to now. Yeah. Great player. Definitely. Does the the work that does not get recognized. Yeah. Um, so off to the next game. Off to the next game. Who are we talking about? Inter Benevento. <laughs> the best team on the weekend. Inter yeah. Milan. They basically just picked up where they left off from that Milan Inter Coppa Italia game. I think that's what it was. Yeah, the motivation's high with them. Lautaro, Lautaro and uh, Romelu having terrific games. Benevento had no answer for Inter. Nothing. Um, Nothing at all. Yeah, I can't. Every player in this team had a, in the lineup, had a great game. Erickson, too. Uh, the cameraman was the cameraman. Yeah, he was the cameraman. He had nothing to do. <laughs> and Danovich. Which I have a lot to say about him in the next, uh, <laughs> our next game. But, uh, yeah, Inter, solid performance from uh, back to front. Yeah, it was a good game. Benevento did nothing, nothing. Now that's the Scudetto Inter we know yeah. it's capable of. It is. And if that's they play like Inter this, Scudetto style. Exactly. They play like this. Ericsson, too. It looks like we found a possibly Fantastic a new performance. Yeah, deep-lying midfield. Something different from Brozovic. Uh, who, he's good, Brozovic, but he's missing something in his game. I can't explain it. Ericsson... He just he's another class above he and uh he didn't feature in the in the Coppa Italia game maybe due to right. rest he was brought in a, a sub appearance but whatever we'll get into that again but overall inter when Romelu and Lautaro are on they're the hardest team to beat they're the yeah. best one two punch in the league Lautaro finally hitting form again and I think Inter will be a, a difficult prospect for teams yeah. going into the uh City campaign. And you want to talk domination? Listen to this stat. Benevento, this game, zero shots total. They did nothing this nothing. game. Nothing. Not even a shot. They didn't even register a shot. Not even on net. Tendanovich was the cameraman. He was. They could have put in Padelli for this game. <laughs> Oh, Handanovic, Handanovic. She drives me up the wall. Well, but yeah, Benevento, yeah, terrible, terrible yeah. performance. But let's move on. Let's move on. Juventus, Ju Sampdoria, Juve, 2 nothing winners. Another, you know, uh, convincing performance by Juve. It was Juve. convincing. It was convincing. It wasn't a blowout, but it was convincing. Yeah, they haven't conceded a goal since the U since the Inter-Juve uh, game. So they've kept, I believe, four clean sheets. Now, um, up into the Coppa Italia game, of course. But yeah. in City, uh, they've kept clean sheets. Uh, and I think they're on an eight-game run with only one loss in that in that something period. Like I believe that. something like that. Something like that. But anyway, Juve have hit form. Regardless, that's the point we're getting across here. They're looking dangerous. What did you think yeah, of the performance? This was a solid Juve performance. wasn't a blowout, but it was a very solid win. This is a Juve team. If they go on a run like this with this consistency, then they're scary. But they're that's the problem. They're not a consistent with this form. They're game in, great. One game, blah. One game, fantastic. Another game, garbage. So yeah, the 
the question with Juve is the tactics are really elementary with them, but it yeah. works against these teams because they do have the scope players to, yeah. to beat these teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, no questions asked. They got a lot of good dribblers who are direct and can go right into the box, put pressure on uh, the defenders on one on one battles. But what do we think as well about? Uh, it seems like Pirlo now. He's been sticking with Bonucci, Chiellini for Serie A. What do you think of that? Do you think that will hinder them in the long run or? That is a good enough pairing it, to win them the It's a good enough though. pairing for teams like this. Mm-hmm. It's not a good enough pairing for the big games. It really isn't, and that's going to kill Pirlo as a manager because he's going to go into the Champions League games and the big games with this pairing, and they're going to get destroyed. Yeah. That's Fair what's going to happen. That's, what's gonna, that's the one thing that worries me about this Italian team going into the Euro is that pairing back there. I'm going to hold my breath every time the ball's in by our 18 because those guys are going to drive me nuts. <laughs> and uh, Yoshida, too, before we leave this game, just want to give him a shout-out. Terrific game against uh, yeah. Juve. Fantastic. Yeah, he put in a great performance. So 2-0 to Juventus. Yep. Next game, Milan-Bologna, oh. 2-1 for Milano. Milan, again, not really convincing. No, uh Getting some help with the penalties. Um, Big time. And who puts it in? P.K. Kessie. P.K. Kessie. Zlatan missing his third and seven, I believe. Something like that. Third penalty and seven. Terrible. I think Kessie's going to take over. Yeah. Milan, this is what... It's hard to judge Milan. We don't know what to expect. 14 penalties now they have in the city. Uh, the next closest to them is Juve, Roma, and Sassuolo with five. <laughs> um that's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It's crazy. I guess that goes to show Milan's style, the directness. Yeah. You know, maybe a bit of ref favoritism here, but <laughs> Oh yeah. 100%. <laughs> but they play a very offensive game, high octane, they get into the box, they put defenders under pressure, force them to make bad decisions. Um and that's what happened with Bologna. Adam uh, uh Sumaro, he's playing volleyball in his friggin' box. I don't know what he's doing on the second yeah. penalty. On the first penalty, Leao circles Dykes he, I mean, he grabs him and then Dykes, I mean, Leao. He was asking for it. Yeah. It's, I don't know, whatever. It, it is a penalty. It was a bit soft, but it he, was sh- soft. he shouldn't be grabbing him. He shouldn't be grabbing him. He shouldn't like be grabbing like him, that. but Leao shouldn't be falling like that. Leao, That's ridiculous. Leao, yeah, he goes down like he got shot. But yeah, he still win the penalty. They were never going to score a goal there. But regardless, it's a penalty. It's a stupid error. And yeah. as a 10 steps up, like we said, misses Skorupski played fantastic oh my god back lights to back. out again back to back amazing games one against juve once again one against milan keeping his team in for both matches the difference is and mihalovic said it again if we had his latin on our team we would win this game yeah and they don't orsellini not good enough palacio not good enough musabato not, not good. good enough the forwards on this team are so poor for bologna i know and that's the difference in this game. What did you think? No, I, I agree with everything you said. I actually, uh, for you that, for all the Pez fans out there, Bologna is a team I use in Master League to try to bring them back to their glory days. And they're so bad. It's so <laughs> difficult to win games with them. And it's just like that in real life. Missing a forward. Missing a star forward that can bury the ball. Mm. I could mm. only score with Soriano in the game. And it's, it's <laughs> like real life. It depends oh, on it how true. I play with Soriano. It depends how they play with Soriano in real life. Yeah, Soriano, he's the team. Yeah. That's it. He is the team. Yeah, absolutely. You shut him down, you shut down Bologna. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Tamari playing another great game as well. Just want to point out. And Donnarumma making some big key saves. Yeah. 
that's why Milan is in, is in the position they're in. They're able to throw defenders in. Yeah. Donnarumma is able to stand on his head, and make big saves, and uh, have these great performances. And yeah. they're a tough team to beat. So another win here for them. Yeah. We'll move on to the last game. Oh. Fiorentina, Torino. Yeah. One-one result. Fiorentina Fior- going down to nine men, and Torino still controversial. Yeah, this is a loss. Can't get a win. This, this is huge. yeah. Torino, Torino stink. Okay, they this do. is the third game where they've had a man advantage. And they still can't win. They this still is the first time win. they've scored with a man advantage. Yeah. But they still can't win. They've drawn all the games. I think they lost one of them. Yeah. Uh, to Milan, which was in penalties in the Copa. Which is technically a draw on paper, but still, they did not. They cannot win even with a man advantage. Yeah, terrible. But the one thing I want to shout out in this game is Frank showed up this game. Frank Ribery oh, scored a beautiful goal. Scored a beautiful goal. Brought it brought it back to the glory days in this game. Yeah, Fiorentina will be pleased with a one-one result. Torino, on the other hand, jeez. Yeah. Like, what more can you do? One one more. Like, how much more luck do you need? To turn your fortunes well, around. Well, it comes down to Simone Zaza was horrendous this game. This guy had, I think, three big chances. He smashes one right off the crossbar. What happened to placement over power? That's my question. Every, this guy tries to smash everything as hard as he can into the net. That's just, all he does. Just place it. There's it's no power finesse. There's Zaza. no finesse in this guy's game. No. If he just took half a second to look up, see where the goal is, and just... Yeah place the ball Torino aren't in this uh, well, situation that's why Torino went after Sanabria in the transfer market yeah, showing they, up their, yeah, their they striker know. they know they need another striker and they know Zaza's not the answer I think they were trying to look to get rid of him before the deadline but nobody wanted yeah, him it's piss poor um, the the red cards Castrovilli getting a red which was the right call last man back yeah. bar intervening on that the second red Milinkovic so Zatan Lukaku Okay, Zatan puts his head into Lukaku's face. Does Lukaku fall to the ground? No. No. He stands on his feet, you know, yeah. takes it as it is. This little snake, Bolotti, Milinkovic <laughs> gets up, puts his face into Bolotti's face, and Bolotti collapses. Collapses, like he was hit with the sledgehammer. Just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and and wins the second red for uh, for Fiorentina. I, I just think it's disgraceful. No sportsmanship. You want to get into a player's face, don't fall and dive Yeah. after he gets in your face. So disappointed with Bellotti's attitude in the game here. He's known for that diving. The, oh, he's garbage. He, he, the dark the dark arts, that's what we call it here. Yeah. Um, just, I don't know. Bellotti bothers me. <laughs> he bothers me. We're there watching it, it right now on the replay. What a there joke. This guy's going joke. like he what broke his nose. What kind of a man nose. is this guy? Like he broke his nose. But anyway... Any yeah. other thoughts? 1-1? One, one. No. Didn't Torino, care about this Tor- game. <laughs> no, Torino dropping the ball. Yeah. Prandelli keeping them somewhat safe. So. Somewhat. Somewhat safe. And that kind of ra- wraps up uh, the city, yeah, right? From match day 20, yeah. Yeah. Give a quick rundown of the standings. Go for it. So we'll go up to uh, sixth place. So first place, Milan. Second, Inter. Third, Roma. Fourth, Juventus. And then we have fifth and sixth, Napoli, Lazio. In the relegation, we have Cagliari, Parma, and Crotone all sitting relegation still. But it, but the top is tight. The top is very tight. Anyone, anyone can get into these European spots. Exciting season this uh, so far. Big time, big time. So next, I just want to bring it into the Coppa Italia 
This is Juve uh, Inter's second meeting of the, the season. Cavalese was terrible this game. Handing out red, uh, yellow cards left, right, and center. I think he gave Juve six, Inter three. Um, he had no control of the game. The management was terrible of, of the game from, from him on that. Uh, totally slowed the game down. Yeah, he ruined the game. This is what we were talking about with the Milan-Juve game. People were complaining, oh, the ref's not calling the fouls. Everything's got to be a foul. You want everything to be a foul? Watch this this piece of crap game yeah this game was garbage you know what if you want everything to be a foul go watch basketball yeah seriously so, yeah and that brings me to the point of the the penalty which was the big debate listen the penalty if you follow the letter of the law it's the correct call if you follow the letter of the law because in the letter of the law it doesn't state you give a penalty on a goal scoring chance it's just any foul in the box essentially is a penalty to the letter of the law but the game is not called to the letter of the law. This was the point I made in a previous podcast. If you're going to call penalties for any slight contact in mm-hmm. the box, it's a farce. You're going to get you, penalties are going to become free throws essentially yeah. in, like in basketball. That's what it's going to be. And my problem with the penalty on this is Bernadeschi goes crosses the ball. It's going to the moon. Okay, it's not mm-hmm. even in play. Cavalieri, uh, whatever his last name is, I don't even want to pronounce it. <laughs> he he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't call it the first time. The linesman don't call it. The fourth official doesn't call it. No one calls it. VAR has to call it. So obviously, in all their minds, this was a nothing play. Let's just get on go. VAR calls it. And then he goes to the screen, watches it, and decides to call the penalty. Um, completely wrong. I think in that situation, you have to look at it as, is this foul that Ashley Young is doing impeding a goal-scoring situation? If it was an actual good cross going into the box, heading towards Cuadrado, for sure, penalty. But it wasn't. You have to have some common sense and judge the play based on what it is. The ball was completely out. The play was dead once it left Bernadeschi's foot. If anything, maybe give Ashley Young a yellow. Because a yellow in today's game, you're walking on eggshells. You can't do nothing. You're pretty much a moving pylon as a defender once you get a yellow. You Mm -hmm. can't do anything. So caution with the yellow and let play resume. But it's not a penalty because there are so many countless. You can watch every game. You'll get a hundred examples of fouls, of people pulling arms, grabbing shirts. Because by the letter of the law, those are all penalties. Yeah. Any obstruction, any impeding of a player, that is technically a foul. So if you want to put every foul underneath a microscope like this, you're going to get five, six penalties a game. Guaranteed. Every corner should be a penalty. If you put your hands on someone preventing them from getting past you, it's technically a penalty. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go and analyze the game under a microscope and not use common sense, that's the garbage you're going to run into, what uh, this official ran into. Everything was a foul. There's no flow to the game. It's just complete garbage. So that's my thoughts on the on the refereeing. I don't know. What do you think about? I think it's tough with VAR because now that VAR is there, I don't think he had a choice. But is it clear and obvious, though? No, it's not clear Because if obvious. it wasn't clear and obvious... It's not clear and obvious. Four officials on the field didn't see it. Yeah. And then it was up to a guy in VAR. To me, that means it's not clear and obvious. Yeah. And like I said, the common sense piece, the ball is out of play. Unless Cordado can jump like Superman in the air, you're not scoring the goal. Yeah. Let's be real. And like I said, if you want to call that, press it in and set, call it for, every, for everything. Because Parma entered in that game, 
there was an exact same situation where Balog, I think his name was, pulled Perisic. Yeah. Exact same situation yeah. on a cross in the box. The ball was actually in play kind of to Perisic, more so than this. And, yeah. the, and it wasn't called. Yeah. So what what is that about? Are we going to call the game the way they yeah. want to call by the letter of the law? You're not going to call it. Make yeah. up your mind. So anyway, I had issues with that penalty. Uh, and it's not just because I'm an Inter fan. If that happened to Juve too, I'd be, I'd be bothered because I want this game to be protected. I think... The refs, the rules, the way they were called by the letter of the law, I think it's a joke. The rules yeah. have to be rewritten. Yeah. Uh, it's it's terrible. I want to see good football. I don't care if, which team's playing. I want to just see good football. It has nothing to do with being an Inter fan. I just obviously yeah. watch more Inter games. A good like a like it. a like a crazy game. What it should have been was robbed by that. Yeah. So you give, so you give Juve a chance now in a Coppa Italia semifinal to get back to the game, and then that. That goalkeeper, Handanovic, that plug, <laughs> useless. The cameraman causes a second goal, confuses Bastoni, runs out of his net. Bastoni does a bad turn, yeah. Ronaldo takes the foot off. And then before you know it, Juve's back in in, uh, in the lead. You know, uh, referees have so much power in the game. They can Goals are rare in soccer. You get one, two goals a game on average. Mm-hmm. To be gifted team's goals mm-hmm. is absurd. You completely ruin the game. Yeah. Um, and that's my thoughts on this. But Juve, to talk about the game itself, they played great. Demeral Delict, who I think should be the center-back pairing, I thought did a great job in shutting down uh, the inter-attack. They played They played great. They didn't do really much going forward. Now, that's 100. My So if I'm a Juve fan, even though they won, I'm a bit worried because that's 180 minutes they played against Inter, and really they created they nothing. They haven't convinced anything. They didn't create nothing Yeah. in 180 minutes. Will Inter beat them in the second leg? I don't think so. I think in Juve did enough by getting two away goals. But in 180 minutes, there's still a lot of work for Pirlo to do. Not creating really a, a good sco- goal-scoring chance in 180 minutes. Yeah, it's, That's not good enough for that's Juve. That's raising level. alarm bells. Yeah. What did you uh, think about the game? It's the first leg. It's, it's a very narrow advantage, I think, for Juve. Obviously, yes, they got the two away goals, but uh, there's no reason why Inter can't come back in the sec- in the second leg and make things right. But yeah, it's when it's like a when it's a massive game like Inter Juve and you have penalty or like foul after foul after foul slows the game down, dries up the game. Controversial, could have gone both ways. Penalty that gives Juve the edge. Yeah, it leaves a sour taste in the average fan's mouth uh, for spectators that don't watch Italian soccer that were hoping for a juggernaut of a game. They got a bit of a dud. They're probably like, "What is this garbage?" Right? It was a it was a terrible game. In my in my opinion, it was a terrible game. The ref stole the show. Yeah, that's well, the point. The ref steals the show. Yeah, and that's not that shouldn't no. be. Let them play. Let the two teams steal the show. Take each other out. Obviously, anything blatant, then call it. But yeah, one more leg to go. One more leg to go. A lot of football to play. Overall, great performance by Juve defensively. I was impressed. Offensively, not so much. Yeah. Inter uh, Andanovic, it is time to go. I don't know why this guy's playing every Copa Italia game. Radu, captain. Radu needs to go. Andanovic, get out of this team, please. You are finished. And Vidal. Vidal, Vidal. I don't know. This guy complaining when he got subbed off. I don't know what to think of Vidal. But anyway, 2-1 to Juve. Where do we go from here? Transfers. So, the transfer deadline's done. All the business is complete. 
we're just going to read out all the transfers very quick. Just ring them off team by team. Yeah. You want to start by Atalanta, with Atalanta? Sure. I mean, they brought in Kovalenko from Shakhtar and uh, Miley from Gank. Uh, so they've basically shored up defenders mm-hmm. uh, out. Nothing nothing big. Karnarseki, Diallo. Diallo. The big one was Diallo going to Man United. But everything else was... And Papu Gomez going to Sevilla. And Piccini going back to Valencia. But everything else was loans to lower teams. Serie B, Benevento. So nothing big. Yeah. Benevento, they brought in Atalanta right wing back Diapoli. And got guy from Moscow. Guy from Moscow. Don't know much about of him. Don't know much about him. Uh, Benevento mm-hmm. then released Maggio. Yeah. They mutually terminated the contract. He's gone back to uh, City of B, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. And they got rid of Del Pinto, a young. Uh, yeah, he's player. a Regina on a loan. No, yeah. no big deal there. Uh, Cagliari, obviously, they brought in Nangolan. They brought in Duncan from Fiorentina. They brought in Calabresi from Bologna. Deola Sangowski, the big one. Daniele Rugani. He's back. He's back in Serie A. And they're really just trying to shore up their defense there. I think that's the big name in that in that uh, movement there for Cagliari. Not, he didn't have a great uh, stint in Liga, but... No, he we'll barely what, played. Yeah, we'll see if he can revive his career here. That's what he's looking to do. Yeah. Uh, Bologna. Somaro, the volleyball player they brought in from Lille. <laughs> Farago from Far- Cagliari. Yeah. And out the door went Denzel, which I was surprised Denzel didn't last. Yeah. Calabresi's out and Paz went to Kaiseris uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not Turkish. But he went uh, to Turkey. And then Crotone made a couple signings. Yeah. Di Carmine from Verona and Unas from Ren. Yes, Unas who surprised. Uh, yeah, Napoli player gonna get some time. Let's see if he can finally show what he's about. Not playing for Crotone. Yeah. If he can save Crotone, he can't. Nobody can. <laughs> It'll be impressive. Nobody can. Uh, Fiorentina bringing in Cochrane. Uh, probably starting his uh, his transfer there on in jail. That guy is always in jail. Yeah. Uh, Malcui. From Napoli. From Napoli, Rosati. Rosati, it's a depth position. Yeah, it's like a third, fourth backup keeper. Yeah. And Fiorentina get, getting rid of Saponata to Spezia. Cutrone went back to Wolves. But Cutrone went to uh, Valencia now, I yes, think. Yes, yes, I believe so. It was either in the works, but yeah, Cutrone, yeah. he left. Liora went to Marseille. Big mistake. My gosh, if people have not read or heard of the news in Liga, Marseille... There was a riot. Yeah. The fans raided the uh, the team training ground, stole all the, the computers, yeah. threw missiles at the players, attacked the coaches. Insanity in Liga. Liora, that's going to end your favorite player, Milik. That's yeah. their first impression of French football disaster. Liga is a bit of a mess right now. Um, so feel sorry for them. Terrible move. Duncan as well yeah. going to Cagliari. And then we move on to Genoa. Kevin Strutman coming in. He's been solid, as we said. Uh, Onguene from Salzburg. Uh, another defenseman. Shore up the defense. Portanova from Juventus. Petrelli from Juventus. Sadiku from uh, Varberg's Bois. And then they terminated the contract with Shone. Uh, Sturado went to Hellas Verona. Petrelli went on loan to Regina. And Bani went to, to Parma. Parma. Sean, I was surprised. Uh, he had a good first season. And then, then after that, nothing. something must have happened behind the, behind the scenes, yeah. falling out. Inter, Nagalan, leaving Cagliari. That's it. That's it. Juve didn't bring anyone in. Just brought Portanova out. To, yeah. And Petrelli both went to Genoa. And Kadira 
to her to Berlin. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what those two young players can do at Genoa. Yeah. Uh, Lazio bringing in Musacchio That's from Milan. That's a big Milan. move. Yeah, adding some depth to the center-back positions. And out went Dermisi and Proto. Silvio Proto, the Sicilian-Belgian yeah. contract terminated. Probably uh, looking to retire soon. Milan, uh, Mete came in from Torino, Mandzukic came in from a year off, and Fikayo Tomori, the honorable Canadian, yeah. before we, uh, b- we've mentioned these before, and then Milan on the way out, Duarte went to uh, Istanbul, Basa Sekir, Andrea Conti went to Parma, Colombo went on loan to Cremonese in Serie B, and Musacchio went to Lazio. Yeah, Napoli, no signings in, but out, Milik. Fernando Llorente went to Udinese yeah. and Malcui, which you always said, Fiorentina. Um, that brings us to Parma. This is probably the most interesting. Yeah. And they, they don't have one on the list that he's doing his, he's uh, doing medical, his medical today. Late, like always, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so they brought in Conti. They brought in Zagaraitis from Panathinaikos. They brought in Men from Stewa Bucharest. They brought in Bani from Genoa. And this is th- this is one of the interesting signings. Xerxy. Xerxy yeah, from, from Bayern, Bayern Munich. Yeah. He's played in Champions League. He's played in the league. He's a great skilled uh He's gonna midfielder. come in. He's gonna be he's gonna play every minute for this Parma team. He should. Uh it'll be interesting to see what he does. And, and the man that wasn't mentioned. And the man. He's back in Italy, everybody. The man from Lecce, Graziano Pelle. Graziano skin, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> He's back. Honestly, if he pops in six, seven goals and gets Parma out of relegation zone, it's a good move. So he terminated his contract in China. It's done. He comes over as a free agent. He signs a six-month contract for the rest of the season with Parma. And if they survive and stay in Serie A, he has an option to extend for another year. So I wish this guy all the best. Graziano, you had a fantastic 2016. Loved you at Southampton. Loved you at Alcamar. But what are you going to bring now? Yeah. So next. Roma. Uh, Roma. Not much. The We've, Pharaoh. The Pharaoh's back. We had some depth there. Uh, El Sharawi's back. We brought in the exciting young talent, Ryan Reynolds. We beat Juve. <laughs> Reynolds is in. Yeah, you <laughs> beat Juve. <laughs> Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is in. It will be interesting. I think the ninth American ever to sign in City. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny because when they preview, when they pre- when we preview the Juve Roma game, it's called the it's now called the FC Dallas Derby because McKenney and Reynolds both came from FC Dallas. Ah, so interesting. I don't think Reynolds is going to see a minute in that game, but he'll at least still be on the bench. Um, we didn't. Nobody left. We tried to get rid of Ed and Zeko. Nobody wanted yeah, him. His staying. agent was a psycho. So yeah, agent wasn't uh, willing to budge. <laughs> so <laughs> Sampdoria didn't didn't do much. They brought in Torre Grossa from Brescia. Good move. Yep. Uh, didn't lose anybody. Sassuolo. Not much happening there. No. Just Ricci went to Monza. Yeah. Which I was gonna say about everybody. Apparently he's been given a lifeline to Monza. To Monza if they make it. If he wants to leave Firenze. If they make it to, to yeah. Serie A next year. Can go up the highway. He could play with Mario. And and play in Milano. Yeah. Spezia bringing in Saponara. Out Bartolome. Mora. Mora and Deola. Not much happening there. No. Torino making a couple interesting signings. Yeah. Sanabria from Betis, huge move for them. They need some attacking up front. Bellotti and Zaza aren't the answer. Neither is Bonazzoli. So Sanabria hopefully rescues them. And shoring up the midfield on this loan, uh, Mandragoria uh, brings in uh, – he, he definitely brings in some solid midfield presence there. 
Yeah, the only notable player to leave, which happened early on in the transfer when it was Miette to Milan. Yeah. Uh, Udine bringing in Llorente. That's it. And then out, Koulibaly went to Salernitana. Terraves went to Utrecht. Nicholas left, went to Regina. Yeah. So they're sticking with Scufe as the backup, which is nice to see. Kevin Lasagna, Giuliano's main man, went to Hellas Verona. Mm-hmm. And Mandragoria, of course, we just mentioned, went to Torino. Hellas Verona time. So, as you know, Sturaro's in. Kevin Lasagna. Lasagna's in. Partenze is um, is in. Oh, sorry. Uh, Badu retired. Uh, Danzi went to Ascoli. Laribi went to Reggiana. And Di Carmine went to Crotone. So, just very minor moves. So, that were, that sums up the transfers. Nothing crazy, crazy, crazy. but uh, Which was Par- expected, yeah. Yeah, Parma was definitely the busiest. But it's nice to see some Italians coming back. Yeah, big uh, time. Back into the city, yeah. Big time. Al-Sharawi, Graziano Pelle, good luck. So now let's move on to match day 21. And who kicks it off? We start off with a banger. Fiorentina hosting Inter Milan. Um, this is going to be a walkthrough. I mean, they're, well, they're the, the first time they played, Inter just won last second, 4-3. This is different, though. There's no Chiesa. Yeah. There's no Chiesa. No, they tied, I think. No, it was 4-3, and then Copa Italia, oh, they, right, they tied. that's right. Copa Italia, they tied. So... This is different. This is Scudetto time. It's league time for Inter. And they're pissed off. They lost to Juve in the midweek in the Coppa Italia semifinal leg one. Mm-hmm. Fiorentina's done this game. Fried. Finished. Inter, in my mind, they're firing on all cylinders. I wouldn't worry about that midweek game against Inter-Juve. I wouldn't worry about that first leg. Comfortable, comfortable win in my books for Inter Milan. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to give it to uh, Inter. They, they're more delicate. And we got to consider who is suspended for Fiorentina in this game. Milinkovic, their best defender, is gone. And, and Castrovilli. And Castrovilli. So they're finished. Not looking good. They're missing two big players. You have to think if Inter drop points in this, that's a huge upset. So Inter, I think, for the win. Yeah. Safe to say. All right, let's move on to the next game. It's bounce back time. Atalanta hosting a horrendous Torino. Torino trying to see if they turn their fortunes around. Sanabria will not play. Itzo still questionable with that concussion. <laughs> and oh, go figure. aside from Hans Hattabor, uh Atalanta is relatively healthy. They're pissed off they lost to Lazio the way they did. I think they're going to come back now and they're going to smash Torino. Yeah, Torino... I don't know. I th- Arrivederci. <laughs> Seriously, Arrivederci. If they don't clean it up, they're going to get relegated soon. Uh, Nicola, Davide Nicola, that's his name, right? The yeah. new manager hasn't picked up a win yet. Nope. Um, in two matches, he has to change something. Definitely won't be able to do it against Lazio. I mean, against Atalanta. This is going to be an easy win for Atalanta, I believe. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game. Sassuolo hosting La Spezia. Yeah, this I don't know. I mean, they're both they're both having abysmal abysmal records. Um, it's just it's terrible. I mean, Sassuolo in their last twelve or three wins, four draws, five losses doesn't look good at all. Yeah. Uh, and then Spezia, on the other hand, they're kind of nose diving. Sassuolo, their biggest problem is they've been without a clean sheet now for ten games. Yeah. They've conceded ten games in a row. They have a one in five. Yeah. 
uh, they got to break this this terrible streak they're on. And you would think of all teams, it's maybe it's good to face a Spezia that plays wide open as well, having kept a clean sheet in three games on a three-game losing streak. I think this is the time to play Spezia, and I think Sassuolo will have enough about them to beat them. Yeah. But right. both teams concede. Expect goals in this game, I think. Yeah. I'm going to actually... T I think Sassuolo is just... They're just falling apart. I'm going to take Spezia to steal a draw in this game. All so right. Jules is telling to take Sassuolo. I'm telling to take Spezia. Now let's move on to the big game at 12 o'clock. Yeah, the biggest game of the weekend. The FC Dallas Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Juve hosting Roma. A uh, lot of drama still in Roma. Edin Zeko not going anywhere. Nobody wanted him. His agent was nuts. Um, so now they are having a sit-down meeting, Paulo Fonseca, again with Edin Zeko. Uh, Edin Zeko included in the Europa League list as well for Roma. So they do have some plans for him. I'm not a fan of this because I'm scared that they will go right back to him. And if we go right back to him and we jump him, throw him into this game after what has happened, you're going to have a lot of turmoil. And for some reason, I think they're going to, for some reason, it's telling me Paulo Fonseca is going to go play scared again and he's going to possibly start Edin Zeko, which is scary. And if Edin Zeko starts this game, Roma easily loses this game. This is a huge game for Roma. A lot of big season and a huge game for Juventus. Roma, if Roma can somehow get a result here, we're going to finish in third. If we lose this game like we're expected to lose, then it's going to come down, like I said, to that second last game against Lazio for fourth spot. But because it's so tight at the top, we cannot afford to lose this game. Uh, we need to get something out of here. I don't think a point's enough. I think a point is realistic, but I don't think it's enough. Um, I think we need to beat Juventus. I think we're capable of beating Juventus. But with the way things are going, especially if Edin Zeko starts, I see Juventus winning this game. How do you see it? For this game, I think it all comes down to the first half and who's going to score first. That's what this yeah. entire game is going to be dictated by. Roma, as well, have to clean up the defense. They concede yeah. too many goals. They've been without and a clean going sheet. up against Ronaldo, it's... Yeah, you know he's going to get a goal. Uh, yeah. Roma hasn't been... They've been without a clean sheet six matches in a row. But they score... A a bucket load of goals, Roma. They, they do. They score uh, usually uh, yeah. for the last six games, they average more than two and a half goals. So they score lots of goals. But I think what it's going to come down to, because it's going to change the entire the the flow of the game, is whoever scores first. If Roma can score first then put Juve under pressure, I think Roma have a chance. But if Juve score first, obviously yeah. the same thing. So I am going to lead towards Juve yeah. because of the amount of goals Roma scores. I mean, uh, concedes. So, yeah. Based I'm on slightly, this season, I'm slightly leaning over to Juve. Based on this season, Juventus should win. But I'll tell you right now, Roma fans, I hope to God I'm wrong. There's a chance. Roma has hope a chance. Hope to God I'm wrong. Uh, listen, I'm going to be cheering for Roma, but I expect them to lose this game. Yeah, Roma has a chance. It's that defense is a big question mark. Yeah. Big question mark. Okay, next game. Genoa hosting Napoli. Does Genoa come back down to reality? in this game or does Napoli become their worst enemy yet again and drop something here? This is to me, this is a tough game to call. You got a team on a big high and you got a team that's just puttering along. And I'm talking about the Napoletani <laughs> and they, 
barely won against Parma. This Genoa team is a lot better than Parma, a lot more organized. Uh, some great players uh, have come in and really gelled. Matteo Destro on fire. Do we expect the result here? What I'm going to say that I think this is where Ballardini and his team drop points. Yeah. They haven't lost in three. They haven't, conce- they haven't uh, conceded in three. So it's been three clean sheets in a row, which is outstanding for this team. Napoli, on the other hand, they have been scoring quite a few goals in yeah. the games. Seven out, of, seven out of their last nine, they've scored uh, more than two and a half on average. They've scored first nine, eight out of nine games in their last eight out of nine games. So Napoli... I'm going to give them the the edge. I think uh, they have more to them, even if they're in this bit of a rough patch. I think they should score first on Genoa, and Genoa can no longer sit in that shell, which they like to do. I think it opens up their their uh, their system, and Napoli take advantage of it. Not yeah. a blowout, but I think Napoli yeah. win this game. I think Napoli win ugly in this game, and that's about it. So tell you take Napoli. Let's move on to Sunday morning. Sleep in for this game. It's a bit of a snooze fest. <laughs> Benevento, Sampdoria at the Stadio Ciro Vigorito. Both teams healthy. This game is interesting because this is where Sampdoria struggle. They struggle against teams like this. And Benevento, who knows? Are they going to come out and attack or are they going to come out and sit back? You never know with people in Zaki's squad how he sets them up. Every, every game is so different. In my opinion... I think Sampdoria have much more quality in this team. And I think if people in Zaghi decides to come out and attack, he's going to fall right into Claudio Ranieri's trap. Because Claudio Ranieri will come out and play a counterattacking game against Benevento. And going to find the gaps. And see you later. So I think Sampdoria is going to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, this is going to be tricky. Both teams struggling uh, defensively. They can see too many goals. Mm-hmm. Um you would imagine going into this game, Sampdoria is going to be a little bit more organized than Benevento. Always are. Yeah, always are. Benevento's strong suit is definitely not their defensive approach. It's how they attack yeah. offensively. So the big question is, will Sampdoria's forward show up for this game? I think Sampdoria have less weaknesses in their squad. Uh, but this is the t- And I think they should take the win, but this is the game where Ragnetti drops points. This yeah. is the game where he loses. It's these type of games exactly. Uh, but I'm going to go against that intuition. I, I will give Renieri the benefit of the doubt. And I'm going to say uh, Sampdoria win. All right. We're both trying to take Sampdoria. Next game, AC Milan hosting Crotone. AC Milan win. Next. Yeah, there's nothing to talk about here. <laughs> Easy. They could play their B team and they'll beat them. Their C team. Bring, hey, bring up your under 19 squad and start <laughs> them all this game. And you'll still win 3 4 nothing. But, uh, okay, so we're both trying to take AC Milan. Nothing to talk about there. Next, uh, Udinese hosting Hellas Verona. Kevin Lasagna going right back to Udine. Right back. (laughs) Can this guy bury it against his old team? No. No. This guy can't score if his life depended on it. (laughs) He can't. Lasagna is one of the worst finishers (laughs) in the league. He is is. terrible. He He is is terrible. terrible. He has good things, good attributes, but he is a terrible finisher. He should be a winger. He shouldn't be a striker. No, he should be a winger. I think that's what he was in his Carpi days. He, was, he wasn't He was a forward. Well, whoever thought to bring him up front, my God. <laughs> Sons of Trevello, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, in this game, though, even though 
They got Kevin Lasagna. I still think Hellas Verona got too much quality for this Udinese team. This Udinese team was lucky to, to escape with a win against Spezia in match day 20. I think they get brought back down to earth. I think this team's going to constantly hover around the relegation zone and struggle the rest of the way to survive. So, And Hellas Verona is just too much, so much better. And they're going up against, and Marco Silvestri's in net. People forget that. I know he's been a bit of a ghost lately, but I think this is a great game for him to bounce back. And for that reason, Hellas Verona scrapes a win. See you later. What do you think, Jules? Yeah, Hellas Verona, I think they play the game smarter than Udine. They do. They know how to adapt their style to the game. I think Judic has got every game right except the Roma game. That was the first game he got wrong. and uh, He won't know, make that he mistake. He won't make again. the mistake again, exactly. So... I'll give the edge to the Verona. They're in ninth place for a reason. Mm-hmm. So Verona over Udine for me. Yeah. Parma-Bologna. Okay. So this will be an interesting game. It will be. 100%. What do we expect? Struggling Parma, but with a whole bunch of new signings. Yeah. Does Graziano Pelle come in and instantly make an impact? I don't know. I don't even know if he passes his medical yet. Well, uh, <laughs> it is today. It's probably happening right now. Against like a Bologna team that... Has terrible offense, attacking options, probably some of the worst in the city. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is a this is a big opportunity for Parma. I think this is this is to uh, turn it around. This could be their turning point. This could be. You know what? I'm gonna give Parma the win. Yeah, I me think too. this is their turning point. I don't think Diversa. I don't even think he's got a win since no, he's been back. Yet. So is he not gonna get yet. the axe after this? If you lose to Bologna, he might get the axe. He might get the axe, my man. So I think. Uh, especially after all that money being spent on these new players. I think yeah. Parma should have enough in them to oh, beat yeah. Bologna. Absolutely. Absolutely. Take the underdogs. Now, to the final game. Lazio hosting Cagliari. Lazio. Cagliari is pretty much Crotone these days. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Terrible. They're, I just think Lazio is going to dominate them at yeah. the Olympico. Lazio, if they don't get three points... That's a huge upset. They should easily, easily be cut. Oh, yeah. 100%. And that wraps up Match Day 21. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate all the follows, the tweets, the comments we've been getting, the likes. Uh, For those of you that don't know, follow us on Twitter, at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Instagram, Tifosi Football Radio. Follow us on Facebook. Send us an email, tifosifootballradio at gmail.com. Comment. Give us your opinion. We'd love to talk about it. And uh, enjoy the games this weekend. It's going to be some crazy games. Um, and we're not going to we're gonna let you know now. We're not going to say too much about it. But we got some really special podcast episodes coming up uh, in the very near future uh, that we think a lot of you will enjoy it's a little bit different it's going back into canadian soccer taking a deeper look uh with some great friends of ours uh that we are honored to have on our podcast and uh until next time ciao ragazzi ciao